Hi and welcome to my podcast, Pure Happy Healthy. I'm Leandra Haupt, I'm your host, and I have an interview for you today with beautiful Christina Kalyani. She lives in Costa Rica in the jungle. That's why at some points we will hear some birds and some other animals. Christina works as a hypnotherapist and meditation guide. She does Reiki and healing massages and has worked with a lot of celebrities. For example, Leonardo DiCaprio, Giselle Bündchen, Mel Gibson and many, many more. So I'm excited to share that interview with you now and hope you enjoy it very much. Hi, and welcome to another interview session with Christina Kalyani. Hi, and welcome. Hello, howdy-oh. <laughs> so before we get started, I would like to know, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this morning I had for breakfast an amazing green juice that I prepared myself with kale. Um, celery, um, I don't know the name in English, cilantro, <laughs> green apples, banana, coconut water, coconut meat, blended all, and then I had some gluten-free German bread with homemade butter and jelly. <laughs> mm. <laughs> German bread. bread. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounds delicious. Is that a typical breakfast for you or was that something special? Every day I try to have my green juice. I actually start the morning with the warm water and lemon and cayenne pepper and cinnamon. And then I had my green juice and then to eat it depends. It can be a little bit of fruit or nuts. Or... And now this time around mid of the morning I have my matcha tea. So I'm having matcha tea. Wow, sounds so wholesome and delicious. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a bit more about your nutrition afterwards. But first of all, I would like to know, who is Christina? My name, Christina, was a name given by my first guru, that is my parents. In India, we say that our first gurus, our first teachers, is our parents. So Christina is a name that my parents chose that means from Christ, Christina. And as I was saying that, the church bells start ringing. So we're recording this for a second time. <laughs> and I have another name, which is Kalyani. And that name was given by my second guru, the teacher, a spiritual teacher from India. But those are names that does not describe who I am. Who am I? Who are we? Are you Leandra? I am Christina. I don't know. That is just how people call me. <laughs> yeah, so... Who's behind that name? But I'm curious. <laughs> um, Who's behind that name? I'm really curious to find who out. Who's behind that name? Okay. So, um, yeah, I have a difficulty identifying with anything. Like people, you know, I don't say I am a hypnotherapist or I am a yoga teacher. I work with hypnotherapy. I work with yoga and meditations and breath work and ceremonies and sound journeys and this is the work i chose to do here that's not who i am who i am behind the name it's a very deep philosophical question <laughs> i am a soul that chose to incarnate on the planet earth at this moment for fulfill the purpose of this uh, mission the fulfillment of this mission, which is spread the work that I do and help to inspire people somehow. And, but I don't do that because I want to inspire people, it's just because I am. So we go back to the I am thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a very complicated uh, question not to ask who am, who am I? Who are you? So That's... that is the, um, how it started, how yoga started. When men used to think, who am I? Where do I come from? And what I'm doing here? So many philosophical systems came to exist to, to try to answer those big questions. And yoga was one of them. So yoga is this philosophical system of union between body, mind, and spirit. And it's a very different way of thinking from the East and the West. 
as in the East, we have this um, understanding that we are not just the mind that thinks, but we are also the spirit that makes this body function and this mind to think and these emotions to feel. In the West, there was a very famous philosopher that said, I think, therefore I am, Descartes. So there's this duality of mind and body only. I think, therefore I am. I exist because I think. So in the East, we try to understand who is the one that knows that I know? Who is that one that have the consciousness to understand the I am? <laughs> so that is when it gets complicated, and that is the spirit. But who, who is the spirit? Or who is the spirit of Kalyani? The spirit of Kalyani is not Kalyani, it's not what she do, it's not, what, it's not even what she chose to be here doing. And it's the same, but it has an individual personality in a way, and uh, wishes, and all that, good things. So when you ask who am I behind a name, I can just say I'm a little jungle fairy unicorn lady <laughs> in the jungle of Costa Rica, minding my own business of doing the work I love to do. Mm, that's Through, beautiful. Yeah. I love asking that question because everyone interprets that question very differently and I don't ever expect any answer because I think it's such a wide question and such a question where you can go into every direction and it tells um, a lot about you as a person already how you answer to this question if you tell me your name or if you tell me what you do for a job or if you tell me something philosophical that is how you see the world and how you perceive the world and that's why I put that question quite open and love hearing the different answers to that but um, yeah you gave me a really wide and um, interesting and very philosophical answer to that where I want to ask a lot of more questions so you think that um, all of our souls chose our body to be here on this earth to fulfill a purpose um, could you go a bit more into detail what did you figure out for yourself what your purpose is on this planet And if so, what is it? Mm -hmm. That's thank you. Great question. I think I did thank all the brothers <laughs> because a lot of people and I see a lot of my clients, they're a little bit lost in life because they don't really know what are their purpose or mission. And it's a very important thing to, to know. And I think I am, when clients come for a hypnotherapy session, and they write a list of questions they want their higher self to answer, I always tell them the most important question in my perspective, the $1 million question is what is my pur purpose here? What is my mission in this lifetime? So I believe that I did find my purpose here very early, but wasn't easy in the beginning. It was unfolding little by little and the spirit or the divine intelligence or however you want to call it was feeding me little spoon spoons of information little by little so i wouldn't become overwhelmed and i was allowed to remember little things here and there from a very early age so i could put the pieces together and understand and discover what i'm here to do a bit later in life but it really started when I was about five, six years old, I think, when I started already questioning life, why I was here. And uh, I, was, I told you that I was feeling a little bit different um, from many things that have happened to me. And I know I'm not the only one. I'm not saying that because I want to feel special, be special. I know that many people feel the same way. And I also have studied cases in children that are born with memories from lives and have all these faculties of, of uh, vision and clairvoyance and telepathy and communication and memories from different timelines. So I was one of those creatures <laughs> that was born with memories from different lives and I was questioning life and everything. So from that questioning, so this is why it's so important to question things and be curious because from that questions is what led me 
to study more and to practice all kinds of philosophies and religions and part participate in many different types of communities. So that was what led me to discover my mission and my purpose here. Oh, one of the purpose and mission that I believe I know. <laughs> Maybe there's more purpose that I don't even know and I'm not aware of yet. Mm. As things go unfolding with time. <laughs> so uh, what exactly would you say is your mission? How would you well, describe okay, it? Well, okay, I'll answer that in two different ways because I think there is, in everything that we do, there's different perspectives and different dimensions to it. So I think one of them is I believe that I am one of those volunteered souls that came from outer space that have a very strong connection with a different dimension and a different planet and chose to come here to help the planet Earth at this moment in time. So that is one of my perspectives of one of my mission. And it's very interesting because, and I want to tell you this because it's so important in my story. When I was about 10 years old, I used to write a lot and I was very good uh, writing in the school. And my teacher wants sometimes to publish some of my writings. And one time I wrote a theory that said, what if we came from another planet and we're destroying that planet and we have given the choice to come to the planet Earth and start evolution again. And now we're at the point where we're destroying this planet as well. We're in the same point that we were before. And we have given the chance for the second time or again to decide to change things from here or we would be just extinct and start evolution in another place all over again. It takes time and many things get involved when a planet uh, suffers such a um, destruction because it doesn't affect just one planet but affects many solar systems. So I wrote that when I was about 10, 11 years old. And many, many years later, I found my teacher, Dolores Cannon. And uh, actually, she wrote 19 incredible books. And one of the books that she wrote talks exactly about that. And this book is called The Three Waves of Volunteer and the New Earth. So the theory is that, that there's many different souls that chosen to come to this planet Earth at this moment to help choose, uh, to help to elevate the consciousness of this planet at this moment. Mm. So in a more subtle ways, I think it inspire people to, to leave their purpose as well, to discover their purpose and to, to bring lightness because I feel my energy is very light, it's very easygoing and like this half full cup they're positive and, and bubbly and this unicorn energy so that is more like in a mundane kind of sense of the mission yes your mission is very much needed at this moment as we are recording uh, during corona times and the world is upside down and yeah i think we need more people like you and Yeah, leading us to a better path and shining your light here. Um, what do you think? Does every person have a given purpose? Or are there also people who maybe don't ha have a purpose or maybe never find a purpose in life? I believe that, well, I like to answer those questions from a perspective of the things that I see more than what I feel or read in books or what I heard from other people. So you'll see that I am always uh, creating parallels to answer the questions through the work that I do. So what I see in my work through hypnotherapy and past lives, regression and future life progression is that yes, everybody has a purpose and a mission to incarnate in the body, even though when we don't know what it is. And even when you think, oh, my mission is to be a doctor or a lawyer or architect, When you connect with your higher self, usually the higher self says, oh, her mission is to bring lightness to the world or to smile to people or to make people dance. So the answers from higher self are actually more like that than say, oh, her mission is to be a lawyer. You know, higher self usually don't say those things <laughs> when you can connect with that part mm -hmm. of yourself that knows what is your mission is about. It, the answer will probably more be like, uh, you know, my mission is to spread joy or I came here with the purpose of enlightening the world or to love. That answer comes a lot 
to love, to learn how to love, to spread love. That's, uh, that's our mission. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. the ultimate mission. <laughs> so the tools that we're going to use to get there may vary. But ultimately, the mission is always to learn love and to share love and to help people to realize their truth self or their light being or the love being. You know? mm. yeah. How can we connect to our higher self so we find closer to our mission or we find our true selves? Can you repeat the question, please? How can we um, oh, get how? in? How can we get in touch with our higher self in order to find out our purpose or connect better with our true self? Uh, there is many different techniques that you can do that. How to connect with your higher self or that place within you that knows is through intuitions, through feelings. So you can use meditation, you can use hypnosis, you can use intuitive writing, painting, creating music, usually art, or when you go out of your mind and into your heart space, that is when you connect to that place. So every culture all around the world always say that we carry the answers inside, right? So the answers we have inside, we say that the heart is really the abode of consciousness, is that place that knows that place that I mentioned that knows that we know is <laughs> not through the intellect. So when we can, the mind operates in the brain waves, the conscious brain waves, the, that is very busy. So when we can relax the mind and get into alpha brain waves and theta brain waves is when you can connect with that inner voice of intuition and that heart space. And that is the voice of the higher self. So another thing that I explain to my clients when they come for a hypnotherapy session and they want to connect with the higher self, I tell them, don't expect that you're going to hear a voice coming from outside of you. That is very simple. It's just that inner voice that it's always there. It's just that sometimes you can't listen because the mind is so busy. So to give an example how simple it can be. So let's say it's a morning and you're preparing yourself to leave the house and you have many things in your mind like washing the dishes, getting your clothing, make your car start. And then something within you says, take the umbrella, it's going to rain. <laughs> and then the brain, the busy mind says, oh, it's not going to rain, I'm late, uh, I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm late, I need to go, rush, rush, hush, hush, goes, goes. And then you leave and five minutes later it rained. So there was a part in you that already knew that was going to rain, <laughs> but you didn't give attention to it. You didn't want to listen to it. You heard, but you didn't listen. But the answer was there, that knowing, that inner knowing is there, was there. So what I do with my work is to help people to relax their minds so they can hear the inner voice of intuition. And that's that simple as, as this. So you can get in that state through art, through music, through meditation, and many other activities that works for you personally in order to relax the mind to hear the voice of the heart. Mm, yeah, I love intuition and I love using my intuition because it's so magical how it works actually i even before going to bed if i have a question i just ask my subconscious or my intuition to please give me an answer in my dreams and always the answer shows up in my dream or if i'm in front of a big decision i really ask my subconscious my intuition to please guide me and i know i can a hundred percent um rely on everything that comes up because I know my heart knows it and it feels so good and so safe and so secure if you have that certainty inside yourself that you know you're you actually already know it it just has to arrive to your consciousness and that gives you such a good feeling of secureness I think that yeah it's so beautiful that you help people get to that state because it's just a complete change of of your life the life quality just gets so much better if you can rely on yourself but let's say you were talking about earlier about people who think their uh, purpose in life is to become a lawyer because they really like what they're doing they like maybe to bring justice to the world um, but how do we know if that's really our purpose or it's maybe something 
that um, is put upon us from society or maybe our parents who brought us up this way saying that in this job we can fulfill a purpose how can we distinguish between them because i think there is sometimes a really thin line knowing what you're really meant to be and knowing what you kind of practice or want to be because society and everyone around you wants you to be like this yeah i think the answer for this question is just what we have been talking before intuition and knowing and inner knowing and passion it what ignites that passion within you right because yes you can be like brainwashed by our parents and society that you need to be a, a, a doctor or a lawyer but so it's when we grow up a little bit it's when we can question ourselves ask ourselves is that what i really want is that what i really want or is that what my parents want me to do or is that what society wants me to do so it's like listen to what ignites what makes our heart smile and again the answers are inside of us right mm. so yeah intuition and then again through the works with what i do with hypnotherapy with deep relaxation and there's other things also like um um there's questionnaire there's people that help you to understand professionally speaking what is the best career for you but that the best career for you is a little bit different than a soul mission this is what i want to say maybe in this 3d plan reality what you need to do is to to be a doctor but when you are a doctor your soul's mission then may be to heal people you know it it, it doesn't it's not one answer that can that can uh, it's not the one thing that can answer this question because mm. it's different for every person this is what i mean mm. it can be different for each individual so it's up to you to tap into your inner knowing to your own higher self and discover if that what you're doing it's really what you're here to do <laughs> and it also it can change with time no maybe mm. in the, some in the beginning of your life your mission was to do something like make peace like creating peace between a family member for instance let's say in a soul contract you say i'm going to descend to the earth because this relationship with this and that person was not very good in my two three past lives in the back so i'm going to go back to fix that and then once that is fixed that maybe there will be another mission and another purpose that is there to be fulfilled you know what i mean Mm. Yeah, I think I want to jump in there about the past lives because for some people listening this mindset might sound very abstract now. So maybe can you give an insight how do you do that that you go back into past life with your clients and what can we actually get out of it and how what what can we do with this information if we know about our past lives? Okay, that's a very good question. So I've studied with Dolores Cannon. She was a pioneer in hypnotherapy sessions about 50 years ago. She wrote 19 incredible books. She was a great master uh, psychotherapist who wrote um, a bestseller called Many Lives, Many Masters. So those are my teachers. So I work with one of the works that I do is with hypnotherapy. So in hypnotherapy, what we do is to relax the mind, like I said, to have connection with your subconscious. And when the subconscious comes through, it will show you that which is most appropriate for you to see at this specific time in your life. We have to trust that our higher self or our inner healer knows which is most important for us to see at the moment. So through a hypnotherapy session, you might go to a time when you're three, four years old or in, even in the womb of your mother or even beyond that to which appears to be for those who believe a memory from a past life or it could also be an image of a possible future future life progression so this is the work that i do what i tell my clients is this there have been doctors and scientists that their work their job is to prove 
that past life exists. Okay, so this is their work. There's a great book called Children That Lived Before that are all closed cases of those doctors that um, studied those cases for years and years with those kids that apparently was born with memories from different lives and they still remember where they live, their address of their house, the name they had, who killed them, where they're buried and everything. So they went back to those houses and found out the truth, the pictures, the names, and unburied the body. And fair enough, there was a body there exactly the way they describe it. So this is called closed cases, okay, of people that their job is to help us to understand and to prove that past life exists. That's not my job. So in what I do with hypnotherapy, as the name says, is a form of therapy. So when the subconscious mind brings those memories which appear to be memory from a different time after i ask for permission to speak with the person's higher self which is even beyond the subconscious and i always ask the question is this really a memory from a past life or a possible past life or is that a symbol of the subconscious in order for this person to learn something or to heal from something so what i tell my clients is that it's not really relevant if what you saw was really a memory of past life okay what is important is the emotions that comes with those memories and the clarification that comes with those memories i'll give you an example so it makes easier for you to understand for instance a woman that cannot have children in this lifetime okay she have many problems she have seen all kinds of doctors all doctors and examinations says that her body is perfectly fine everything is working perfectly so she goes see a hypnotherapist and then in a hypnotherapy session she goes into this dream state and she remembers a time when or many times because usually this is what happens that we tend to repeat patterns there was many different lives where she died in childbirth okay so there is a part a cellular memory in this body and this is what it's mind-blowing there's still a memory that she carries in this body in this life that she's living now that is protecting her of not having children because the body feels and remember thinks that that is dangerous for her that if maybe she gets pregnant she can die again so my job is to deprogram is to change those programs of the subconscious and i use words like but that's okay now it's a different life it's more modern life we have excellent doctors and hospitals it's safe for her for have children and sometimes just remembering where the traumas come from the body can heal automatically and fair enough just a few months later she's pregnant and that I see happening in my work many, many times, okay? And that is just one of the examples. It can be many other things, like a person that has a phobia with fire or, or water or have maybe have been drowned in a past life. Or maybe someone that has a lot of weight and cannot lose weight. Usually we see in past lives a pattern of abuse, and now there is a part of the subconscious that wants to protect this person against relationships, just to give an example, but that happens. So a person puts on weight as a way to protect themselves, not to fall back into those emotional traumas. Um, yeah, so it's a little bit of, um, I even forgot what you asked, but this is um, a little bit about what I do and how to heal and how to connect with your mm -hmm. higher self and understand the, the past lives and why is relevant to what is past lives we don't know exactly what is past lives because science is evolving every day and every minute as we speak now um, epigenetics are talking about a memory that we have that we carry ancestral memories in this body dna from ancestral patterns you know things that happen to our great, 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 great grandfather, for instance, you're still feeling the feelings that your great, great, great grandfather has. So how do I know that what I'm feeling is really mine, is really from what we call a past life or is really from an ancestor? But if you go even beyond all that, ultimately, we're all one. 
if we all come from that one source, we have been it all. We have seen it all. <laughs> and we have had like hundreds and thousands of different past life. And what it gets even more mind-blowing talking about quantum physics is that past life doesn't really exist because everything is happening at the same time in different timelines, let's say, in different dimensions. So you're living the life that you're living now and you're also living your past life because everything that has ever happened and ever ceases to happen and it continuously happen and everything that you can think of is also happening and everything that it might happen, it's also happening. So there's all these different uh, options for possible futures as well that is already written somewhere it's just mind blowing if we go deep into the subject okay so if you're having your mind blown right now just continue hold on there put your seat belts on <laughs> would yes. you say that a deja vu is maybe changing to another reality of another life that we're having in the past or in the future this is what people say yeah mm, i could imagine that because i have deja vus quite often um, and I always wonder if it's memories of my future, a future life or another me in another dimension or something. And yeah, it's interesting. Um, but also what you just said really reminded me um, the epigenetics and also the programmed memories of past lives or our ancestors um, that we kind of take on what's around us, like the energy of a place the energy of people around us, uh, the energy of our ancestors, parents and everyone before that. Um, and I'm as a really sensitive person, I think you yeah, you really sense everything and everyone around you. And that's, for example, one of my gifts and struggles at the same time, I would say that I'm really sensitive to a place, the energy of the place and the people in that place. And I sometimes have really hard time uh, distinguishing between what is my feelings and what is the feeling of the other people or the other person or what is the feeling that this place rejects or what is the feeling of my history in terms of everyone, my family tree. So how can we find out what are actually our own feelings and what are we taking from someone else and how do we deal with this that's a very good question yes there is many different techniques and it is something that i also question myself is this feelings come from me especially work with many clients sometimes i feel overwhelmed i feel tired or sad and i think is that sadness really mine or did i pick from somebody else or from a client you know even at that level. And yes, we tend to repeat patterns that our mothers did and the grandmothers and the mothers of their mothers. So this is what epigenetics is trying to teach us is that we can change that through meditation, through lifestyle, through therapies. This is why therapies are so important. So any type of therapies for ancestral healing I believe beyond hypnotherapy, this is what I work, so that's why I keep reviewing too. But another technique that is really good is family constellation. So if you're not familiar with what is family constellation, it also comes from uh, it's a form of um, psychology, psychology. So it's another therapy that is part of psychology. And it's almost like an incorporation of um, past ancestral family members in order to discover those many things and heal from. I cannot speak much about it because this is not the work that I do. I have a partner that I work with in my retreats that is, is her profession, this is what she do, and I help her sometimes, but I have not that certificate, that study, so I cannot go deep into the explanation of it. But uh, I've seen many amazing good results from Family Constellation. Mm. So again, shamanic meditation hypnotherapy family constellation there's so many out there i don't even know mm. but it's a work that we can also do in ourselves through that again going back to our intuition so what i like to do is to open doors for people to heal themselves so they're not relying on a healer or somebody else to do the work for them 
So in my hypnotherapy sessions, a client come with a list of questions they want the higher self to answer, and I just guide them to connect with their higher self so they are answering their own questions. And that, I think, is a very beautiful way to do this work. I also work with Akashic Record Reading. So it's me tapping into your own history and answering the questions that you brought to me or that you sent to me. And that's a different type of therapy. It also works. And it's, uh, I'm still learning a lot about it. And I'm marvelous. It's wonderful to see how I can channel now and how my channel becomes more and more clear and more and more purified to receive all this information. But again, I still prefer the work that you do for yourself. <laughs> say to people this is what I do I can do this I can do that I can do this I um I would really like that if you could tap into your own Akashic records into your own higher self but you know sometimes people want to try different things and like to have somebody else answer the problems for them <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, but there's no shortcut we still eventually need to do the homework ourselves <laughs> that's true the answer always lies in ourselves. you just have to be open for it and Yeah, work a little bit on it. I've actually done uh, family constellations uh, by myself and um, or I've participated in it and it was mind-blowing. I can just really recommend everyone out there doing this because, uh, yeah, it dissolved so or like answered so many questions for me and I never thought that this was possible and yeah, absolutely incredible um, yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah, so powerful. Um, but going back to, um, for example, for me, it's really difficult living in Berlin at the moment because Berlin is a very hectic and a very energetic, exhausting place. Um, so do you have any recommendations if we have to live at a place where we feel the energy is not right for us, for example, how can we shield and protect ourselves from bad outside energies um, or maybe we have a flatmate who we have to live with for another few days until we find a new flat or a few months or whatever um, how can we or maybe an abusive family where we don't really have the option at the moment to leave mm -hmm. how can we shield and protect ourselves for that moment until we can leave that situation yeah that's very important mm -hmm. I believe that we need to create a little outer and a little space for ourselves. And I'm not talking about just a, a physical outer, but yes, that too. But to go back home within ourselves, to create the space to nurture yourselves, that is very important. And I also keep telling this to my clients, especially if they're married, you know, have two, three kids in the house and a husband and now it's quarantine and everybody's inside the house, it can be madness. So that can be very um, complicated. It's not so easy. I cannot, we cannot just pretend that people can just heal themselves like that because There's a lot going on around them and sometimes a lot of toxicity around them, not in their minds, mentally speaking, that prevents them to connect with that space within, which is peaceful. So how can we find peace within? There's a great teacher that once says, there's not really silence in the Himalayas there's not really noise in the cities. It's all within ourselves. So to find time every day for nurture ourselves is very important. It could be simply five minutes in a shower, feeling, imagine, visualizing that the water, that it's, it's like a, a white light that cleans and clear the soul, that cleans the aura. It can be like if you have a garden to walk barefoot in the garden and hug a tree or talk to a tree or flower. If you have an opportunity to leave your family for half an hour, go walk in a park or wake up. This is something I used to do when I have the family, when I lived with my daughter's um, father and we, he also had two other kids. So I had a time in my life where I had a husband, three kids, and two dogs, and a cat, and living by the beach, and it's all like messy and crazy all the time. <laughs> and uh, I was waking up before everybody else. So if my baby wake up super early at six, I would wake up at five. And I had one hour to meditate, to chant mantras, to light an incense, a candle. And I had created in my house a little altar 
that was my sitting place, that was my peaceful place that I would go to sit and then go within. And if it is a lot of noise and craziness in that space, later in, in, in a day, I would leave to the garden or to the beach or whatever place and whatever time and whatever place you can find <laughs> to give yourself that time to, to find the silence within. Mm. So, you know, to find the silence within, to connect with the heart, to, and even if it's to, everything is ceremony. You know, when we wake up in the morning and we brush our teeth every day and we take a shower every day, that's a ceremony. It's just a question of how you see what we do. If it's to prepare a beautiful cup of coffee, if it's to prepare a delicious nutritional meal. So you do that with the consciousness that what you're doing, you're doing in a form of a nourishment to yourself and to your soul. So it's more about the consciousness, you know? This mm -hmm. is what the Guru said. There's not really noise in the city, your peace in the Himalayas is all within you. So how can you find that stillness and quiet within yourself when the world is chaotic outside? And that is the tricky part. It's easy to talk about. It's very hard to practice, but it's possible. And this is what yoga teaches us. Mm -hmm. yoga meditation and many other systems but yoga is not asana it's not going and stretch your body asana it's just one part of yoga but when you really see that your yoga practice is giving you good results is when you can find peace within yourself amidst chaos when you can reunite all those pieces that you are yoga means union body mind and spirit so when we can find that union within yourself then is when you get into the state of yoga, the state mm. of union, the state of peace within within chaos and noise. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the answer is that find little rituals, find time and place. Mm. I think um, taking really actively that self-time and especially in nature is so healing. I've mm -hmm. just in, in Melbourne, there's so beautiful nature around everywhere and it's right at the beach. And I found so much peace through nature, especially in Corona times now. That's where I really, really connected back. And ah, I found it so healing. It's just, especially if you live in a city, it's sometimes easy to forget um, what nature can actually offer you because you're so used to your everyday cycles going here, go to work, meet with these friends, go to a bar, and you completely forget that there's all that, these trees and the, the water, the rivers, the forests out there. And once you're there, you're like, oh yeah, I remember now why this is actually so healing, but it's hard to take that step out there. Um, yeah. But It's so sad to understand or to hear that people are so disconnected to nature that they believe mm. they're apart from nature. Because that is totally alien to me. Mm. I was born in an island, a big island. We still have cities and it's very developed, but it's still an island. And I chose to live in the jungle of Costa Rica and, and wear no shoes for three months, 24 hours a, a day, like barefoot, you know. And for us, living from the elements and being part of nature, it's, it's life. Mm. And when I see city people coming to the beach tourists coming to the beach they're so disconnected they're so sick people in the cities are so sick and so disconnected that they have not a, an, an idea that they are nature and, and nature is part of themselves and this is like a big problem for society that that we need to remind ourselves that we need to go to nature that nature is healing and life is nature and we are nature the, the cities there is that that's what is all wrong in the world i'm sorry to say and i don't know if i'm allowed to say that but i'm just speaking my heart and my truth and um, people are really disconnected they're really sick because they're totally disconnected of their true nature which is nature <laughs> i can relate because I'm I'm one of these or I have been one of these for a long time in my life. I lived in all big cities, New York, uh, Istanbul, Mexico City. I went to India and now I live in or I've lived in Berlin for a long time. And I was such a city girl. I never thought that nature would be ever important for me because I was also so disconnected. And 
I mean, I still like cities, but I've really discovered my nature part throughout the past years and discovered how much I need it and that I am nature and that I am already connected. I just need to find it out. And I think when you're in that cycle, then it's easy to forget that. So I understand when you're in the city too long, you really forget your roots and it takes a while until you get that connection again. And I think it also comes with your strengthened intuition that your intuition is also telling you to reconnect to everything about nature and to yourself, which is nature. So I think there is a connection with that. And now I cannot imagine anymore even a day not being out in the green because mm -hmm. th that's where I'm from and that's what I need yeah. in order to <laughs> yeah be healthy and feel good so but I get why people yeah feel this way and don't miss it at a moment um going especially back, if you're born there because you don't know anything yes, else exactly yeah that's and true. then what happened is that people also so unhealthy because they're so disconnected with the food you know there was an experiment in us they they brought to the schools vegetables and any of the kids knew the name of the freaking vegetables nobody knew what a cucumber was or wow. i don't know the names in english but you know potato mm. i mean how disconnected can a person be yeah Everything comes from the supermarket. <laughs> exactly. So in the, one of in the, the plastic. therapies that I always tell my clients to do is planting. Plant. Walk barefoot. Touch the earth. Plant. See where your food comes from. Yeah. That's, that's uh, the beginning of the healing of the world. <laughs> yeah. Talking about food, I'm really curious if besides your breakfast, who, which you were already introducing us to, um, do you have any special diet or a special way of eating that you practice? I do and I don't. I'm all like in the a middle path. I like everything in moderation. And I feel that everything that we do as an habit, it might not be too healthy for ourselves. So it's okay to drink a cup of coffee here and then. I drink a cup of coffee rarely as a treat. Because I know personally for myself it's not good for my body. Maybe for somebody else it's not so bad. For me personally, coffee is not good. So I do like a treat. So maybe one day I'll have a craft beer. Then why not? Or a cup of wine. The only thing that I never ever do since I'm 18, it's been 22 years, I haven't eaten red meat. But uh, I also haven't eaten chicken for 18 years. And then I started eating chicken again. So, and I eat fish. I was vegetarian for eight years and now I'm not. I don't think vegan is a good diet for me personally. So mm -hmm. I can just talk to myself for mm -hmm. myself, okay? Um, yeah, I like moderation. I feel that for some people, they do need to eat meat. For others, they do well without it. So I don't judge. I feel that everybody are free to do any way they like. I'm more concerned about thinking where my food comes from. So if I eat chicken, I want to eat a chicken that was free, that that was not like in a cage or the lives with a bunch of hormones, you know. So, but it's easier for me because I'm in a jungle of Costa Rica, so we do have organic chicken <laughs> yeah. from farmers around or yeah. cheese from the people that have free cows around. This is more like my way of thinking for myself, where my food comes from. I try to eat the vegetables that are organic because I know Costa Rica is one of the countries that use the most pesticides, believe me or not. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much gluten-free. That's because my daughter is gluten-free and her father was gluten-free. They're celiac. It's not by choice, but it's a disease, celiac disease. So they cannot have gluten. So I learned to cook that way. And I actually realized that my body really liked the diet. So I, I pretty much eat gluten-free and, you know, no processed food, just fresh and organic and mm -hmm. healthy. And once in a while, I eat mostly vegetarian as well. But once in a while, in a while I may have a fish or a chicken. And yeah, moderation, that I would mm. say that is my thing. I feel that going, again, going close to nature, I envision myself and I see my future selling my property and having a little bigger property where I have a cow, 
a goat, <laughs> I love that idea, and plant my food. So I feel that it's quite natural to have animals and share with them. You know, you give me some eggs, you give me some milk, and I give you a nice life. And you see the, the all the tribes, the people, the farmers, they have a beautiful, harmonious way of living with the animals. So I'm not vegan. And uh, um, for me personally, I don't think that diet do well for me. I have a lot of vata, a lot of air liter in my constitution. So I'm very fast. And I'm very airy, especially with the work that I do with breath work and hypnosis and talking to aliens and channeling. I feel that sometimes I need things that grounds me. So I do well with cooked foods, with lentils, with dal, with uh, warm foods and a little bit of ghee and butter. I like that sometimes. Sometimes I'm very mm. careful with the animal products. But um, yeah, so that's my diet. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think um, every person is so different and It's so important that you said that it's not vegan, for example, is not the right thing for you because I think everyone needs to find out what is good for my body. For me, it's the same. I, I like the concept of vegan, but for me personally, it's not the right way of eating. My body doesn't react well on it. So I'm also, I chose to be vegetarian and I know my body loves dairy and I can deal really well with dairy and... Uh, Yeah, it's just more important that everything is fresh, I think, and good quality. And you know where it's coming from. You have the connection again. And then listen to your intuition. Yeah, just what's good for you. Um, I would like to go over to a quick fire question round. So you just give me a really quick answer. What comes first in your mind? Um, so what can we do today for more self-love? Today for more self-love masturbate <laughs> <laughs> i love that oh, i don't know why this came to me i actually have a partner now and i don't need that but <laughs> i really feel that a lot of people if the if you are in quarantine for eight weeks five weeks ten weeks oh my lord like touch yourself yeah hug please yourself. do some abiendas yes. some warm oil in your skin mm. if you're women use some cucumbers put them in the oven warm self-pleasure mm. yourself it's healthy for you <laughs> now the the grocery shops are gonna Without be guilt. free of uh, cucumbers now all sold out <laughs> um, organic cucumbers yeah please organic <laughs> yeah uh, next question um what can we do to uh, today really quick to improve our health know where your food comes from and Good one. make time for silence And to rest, the world needs rest and silence. And so let's do that. Mm. One thing, if you could change immediately something about this planet, what would you change? People. <laughs> <laughs> no more people or? Uh... No, I'm not saying no more people. I'm saying change people, change people's mind, change people's consciousness. And I think that is part of what I do. Okay, good. <laughs> My mission. <laughs> The world mm. is fine. Nature is fine. The animals are fine. People are the problem. <laughs> so. Even for themselves, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. What's your favorite movie? I don't really watch movies. I like to make movies. I'm filming for a song that came to me the other day. And uh, I like to... I have Gaia TV. I like some documentaries on quantum physics and things that mm. are that feed my soul and my uh, and my brain and I think a lot of movies have subliminal messages and um, just watch what you what you eat in your mind because movies mm. is like food for thoughts and mind so yeah definitely <laughs> uh, when do you feel the most pure inside yourself when I am sharing with people my gifts of my work through the workshops and therapies and retreats i feel i feel that i'm i stepped into my uh, essence when i do those things mm. and also yesterday when you're filming for which a witch musical oh, wow <laughs> Cool. <laughs> I had all those candles and tarot decks and musical instruments and incense and smudge and I, all those music and crystal balls. And I thought, and I told the girls like, oh, girls, now we're like stepping into our truth essence. It's now, it's a time. Can I say something? Sure. Um, 
I've been working with a lot of women that are having going back to past lives. Again, if you do believe in past lives, okay, if or if a symbol, a collective symbol of the conscious, the unconscious. But a lot of women are going back to remember times where they have been killed, burned, and from being witch. And uh, what witches were at that time, they're really healers, right? They're women that they chose to leave society, to live in the woods and to respect the cycles of nature. And they knew about herbs and they knew how to create potions for healing. And they're just wise women that knew the cycles of nature and plants. But many of those people, through the patriarchy and all what happened in the history, they got killed. And they're coming back. We are coming back. And this is the time that is safe to be a witch. <laughs> it's safe to be a healer. It's safe to step into your own power. It's safe to talk about what you believe. So if you feel like you have neck pain, if you have upper back pain, if you feel that you have blockage in your throat chakra, because maybe your ancestors, talking about ancestors, or us in childhood were not allowed to speak our truth, or maybe it was our ancestors, maybe the lineage of women that got killed and hanged from speaking the truth, from working with healing. And now I have goosebumps, I call it the truth bumps around my body. Because if you feel that there's blockages there, you know, we're healing that past now. This is the time to heal the past. It's time to... This is why there's so many therapies. There's so many people working with healing. This is the time to come back, to step into that power of healing ourselves and use those forms of healing to heal each other. So the more women that are waking up to their power, we can remind each other. And that's what came through the challenge of my last client, that a lot of us are being born now, we're coming back now, because we can remember just little parts of the puzzle. But if the more of us start to remember, we then have the bigger picture of what really happened then and what is really happening here and now. So, yeah, we're coming back. Hmm. Ah, Christina, <laughs> it's always so nice chatting with you. I think we could go on forever, but I would stop this today for now. Thank you so, so much for this interview and for all your knowledge and wisdom that you shared here with my audience. It's really beautiful that the job that you do and the work that you do and keep on doing that. I'm sure... I will hear from you and we will hear from you. And yeah, if people want to get in touch, um, do you want to be contacted through Instagram or what's the best way of contacting you? Yeah, Instagram is the best way. I don't Perfect. use Facebook very much or Twitter yeah. or any other thing. So Instagram is my most uh, alive and active form. And there's a link to my website on my Instagram mm. profile. So you can find me there, Christina Caliani, Christina without H. Perfect. I will link you in the show notes so people can get in touch and yeah, Perfect. check out your social media as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. And till the next time. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you for your work. You're also doing beautiful work. Yes, sister. Thank you. <laughs> wow. That was such a, such a beautiful interview. And I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did and could take a lot of new <laughs> a lot of new knowledge for yourselves and for your life with it and i'm so excited to hear from you what you got out of this episode and what you learned so head over to my instagram leandra haupt and please leave me um, yeah a message or maybe in a comment what you learned today and what you want to integrate from all your new information in your life And if you are interested in learning how to find back the intuition with your body and finding the intuition to food so you can live healthy in your body, then head over to my website leandra-haupt.com and find out more about my coachings in the coaching section. There you can also find ways to contact me for a free call 
so I can tell you more about what I do and what I can do for you in order to help you to be the best version of yourself and feel pure, happy, healthy in your body. Until then, I'm so thankful that you're here and please share this episode with another person who could benefit from that so yeah, we get more people into their power. And until then, sending you much love till the next time.